Smartcast. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. मैं मैं द्रौपदी मुर्मू ईश्वर की शपथ लेता हूँ कि ईश्वर की शपथ लेती हूँ कि मैं श्रद्धा पूर्वक मैं श्रद्धा पूर्वक भारत के राष्ट्रपति के पद का कार्यपालन करूंगी भारत के राष्ट्रपति पद का कार्यपालन करूंगी तथा अपनी पूरी योग्यता से तथा अपनी पूरी योग्यता से संविधान और विधि का संविधान और विधि का परिरक्षण संरक्षण और प्रतिरक्षण करूंगी परिरक्षण संरक्षण और प्रतिरक्षण करूंगी Today is truly a red letter day for our country. India has its second lady and first tribal president. Draupadi Murmu is India's 15th first citizen. All right, the big breaking story at this hour, the NDA just announcing its presidential candidate Draupadi Murmu, the former governor of Jharkhand, also uh, a woman tribal leader uh, from the BJP. She has been announced as the choice for president by the NDA, which clearly has the numbers uh, to get her to Raisina Hill. From the time the Bharatiya Janata Party announced 64-year-old Draupadi Murmu as their presidential candidate, she's been a sure-shot winner with parties outside the government falling over each other to support her. In the past few days, we've all heard about her tribal identity and how she comes from a small village in Odisha. But what you may not know is that the new president is also one who overcame deep personal tragedy on her way to the highest office of the land You're listening to First Voice Last Word, our weekly podcast on Indian politics. I'm Sunitra Chaudhary, national political editor for Hindustan Times. In my two decades of experience, I've realized that politics is often like reality TV, full of dramatic personalities making strategic moves. But unlike the entertainment that stars provide, this actually impacts our lives so let me take you inside these corridors of power to understand what the netas are talking about and how their moves ripple down to us and today i tell you the story of the first tribal woman in rashtrapati bhavan my introduction to draupadi murmu was in april 2009 in a small hotel in mayurbhanj At the time she was finding her feet post two stints as cabinet minister in Navin Patnaik's government. Her party the BJP had split with the ruling Navin Patnaik led Biju Janata Dal and so the former allies were trying to find their feet but Murmu was 12 years into her political career and as a state head of the scheduled tribes morcha was quite a confident veteran politician. I went to see her because I was reporting on how the elections were panning out in rural parts of Odisha and Murmu made quite an impression on me. This is what I wrote about her in my book Breaking News that was published a year later. We hadn't planned to go to Sundarti village. Sampaji told us about the large tribal population in the state almost 40% and suggested we highlight their problems by meeting a firebrand tribal leader. She'd been a minister in state politics and was now fighting for the Bharatiya Janata Party in Mayurbhanj. When we called Draupadi Murmu, she said she'd wait for us at a local hotel. Nagma and I arrived at this decrepit government hotel in Baripada and were told that she was waiting for us in the room. 
When we went in, we found at least five men cramped into a small room watching TV. As there were only two chairs, some of them were laid out on the bed. Initially, I thought that she was in a separate room and this was one for all her aides. But the men signaled for us to sit down there. Most of them went out and it was only then that I saw a curtain-drawn partitioned area of the room which was meant to be the dressing room and Draupadi Murmu was getting ready over there. As she took her time, I wondered what it must be like for women politicians like her to maintain privacy. Most aides tended to be male and sometimes they even called the shots. I worked with male colleagues all the time, but I still couldn't get used to having many of them just hanging around my room. People like Draupadi Murmu would have to get used to having strange hangers-on, not all of them having the best etiquette. But when I met her, I felt reassured. With a strong, tall frame, she didn't look meek and suppressed at all. She looked like someone who was capable of whacking an errant aid with the back of her hand. Over a lunch of mixed vegetables, dal and rice, Draupadi Murmu told us why people like her, with no family association in politics, had decided to get their hands dirty. She'd been successful in politics, so her children were getting a good education, but the rest of her community was still neglected. I wrote that in 2009, but it's this neglect which Murmu has spoken about throughout her career and her party hopes to amplify. Murmu belongs to the Santhal tribe that's concentrated in the eastern states of Jharkhand, Bengal, Bihar, other than Odisha. While education levels are high among the Santhals, Murmu represents the diversity that has always existed in India but may not be represented in past circles, although of course, there are other representatives of Santhals in politics before Murmu came in. Former Union Minister Shibu Soren and his son, the current Jharkhand Chief Minister Heman Soren, and the first Lieutenant Governor of Jammu and Kashmir, G.C. Murmu, is also a Santhal from the same Mayurbhanj district. Even so, if someone told me in 2009 that she'd become President of India in 12 or 13 years, I would have completely dismissed them. Primarily because it's much harder for women to get that representation. Because I belong to such a family, who belong to the poorest of the poor families. Yes. And belong to such a society, I never expected that I go to politics. मैं सोच रही थी कि थोड़ा पढ़ लिख लूं और नौकरी कर लूं और फैमिली को थोड़ा फाइनेंशियल सपोर्ट दूं लेकिन मेरे जिंदगी में ऐसे ऐसे घटनाएं घटी तो मुझे नौकरी छोड़ना पड़ा तो बच्चे जो बढ़ने लगी तो मेरे पास टाइम ही टाइम सरप्लस टाइम मुझे मिल गया तो मैंने सोचा कि कुछ काम करना चाहिए मेरे पास कोई काम नहीं था पब्लिक स्कूल में मैं ऑनरेरी टीचरशिप की टीचर in a school and subsequently as a junior assistant in government of odisha's irrigation department 
it is possible that Draupadi Murmu may have led a much more ordinary life in her government job, living and working in the same town she grew up in, had it not been for some challenging circumstances. Much like many women across the country, Murmu faced resistance from her family about working while trying to raise children. She talked about it in this 2016 interview. जो ससुराल वालों ने कॉम्पेल किया कि तुमको नौकरी छोड़ना है क्योंकि दोनों नौकरी करने से बच्चों के ऊपर खराब प्रभाव पड़ता है हु विल रेज द चिल्ड्रन इफ बोथ द पेरेंट्स आर वर्किंग इन अ कंट्री वेयर लेस देन वन इन फोर वुमेन मेक अप द वर्कफोर्स मुरमू बीइंग फोर्स्ड टू क्विट बिकॉज़ हर इनलॉज डिडंट अप्रूव इजंट आउट ऑफ द ऑर्डिनरी What is extraordinary however is that Draupadi Murmu's husband a bank officer called Sham Charan Murmu encouraged her to join politics. He obviously saw that a life of domesticity raising their three children wasn't one that Draupadi Murmu was cut out for. She said in interviews that she warned him about politics that it was going to be 24/7 job and what if he had issues with that later. He apparently told her I would be just fine. and so began her life as a neta it was in 1997 that she took the political plunge and joined the bjp she got elected as a councillor to the rairangpur notified area council for the first time the bjp tested political success in odisha's urban local body elections in 1992 uh, when it formed three councils including rairangpur Draupadi Murmu did so well that she even got an award for being the best legislator in 2007. Things couldn't have gone better for her. And then life threw her a curveball. Itne karne ke baad bhi mere zindagi mein bahut zyada bhookomp aa gaya. 2009 mein 9 mein mera beta 25 saal ka beta dehant ho gaya. Soya tha bas subah utha to beta ne to bahut dhakka laga mujhe. It made her depressed for the next two months. She talked about how she felt she needed to live for her son and daughter, but didn't know how to deal with it. She found refuge in work, in her constituents, just kept meeting them all day and night, and for a while she forgot her pain. Till January second, two thousand and thirteen, when she lost her other son in a road accident. Murmu recalled how she couldn't reconcile why this was happening to her and however much people around her told her to focus on other things she knew she would have to find her own way out. She also noticed that her husband was worse off than her. His depression had sunk him and he died a year later in 2014. Aur iske baad mere se chhota bhai aur bhi chale gaye. Mere mata ji chale gaye. Mere दूसरा बेटा जाने के बाद एक महीने के अंदर और दिन आत्मा चले गए इन जस्ट अ मंथ हर मदर एंड हर ब्रदर डाइट टू देर वॉज जस्ट टू मच हार्ड ब्रेक टू डील विथ नो अमाउंट ऑफ डिस्ट्रैक्शन विद वर्क कुड हेल्प हर कम टू टर्म्स विद लूजिंग बोथ हर सन्स एंड हर हजबेंड लीविंग हर एंड हर डॉटर टू ग्रीव अलोन इट वॉज एट दिस पॉइंट इन हर लाइफ दैट She relied on the Mount Abu based spiritual sect the Brahma Kumaris which is led primarily by women to give her strength. I spoke with Supriya and DK Komal who are members of the sect who knew Draupadi Murmu and they worked with her to overcome this depression. I know her very closely. My name is DK Supriya 
and I know her from before when she came to the ashram as a guest. When her son passed away, she became depressed and so she wanted to start meditating, which comforted her heart. Then she regularly started practicing Raj Yoga meditation. She would wake up at 2-3 a.m. in the night to meditate. Her living style is also very simple. She believed that meditating could provide mental stability. Actually, she is attached with the organization from 2009 and it was the Brahma Kumari's organization that brought her out of a very difficult period. She was very depressed when she lost so many people. So with the knowledge of Brahma Kumari's organization, her life took a turn and she was able to emerge out of the difficult situations she was dealing with. After this, she continued to be attached to organization and she is deeply connected with the Brahma Kumari and she carefully follows everything she learned because the teachings of Brahma Kumari helps one to become stronger spiritually. This is why she is very positive. The Brahma Kumari seemed to be an important aspect of Draupadi Murmu's life and she felt so grateful to them that in 2020, in a TV interview, she said that she donated her husband's house and her brother's home to them for their work. It may be just a coincidence, but the only other woman to rise to the level of President of India, Pratibha Patil, was also a Brahma Kumari follower. And so was her predecessor, APJ Abdul Kalam. Pratibha Patil is connected with the Brahma Kumaris since she was the governor and even before that she came here a couple of times. There was one incident when she was the governor of Rajasthan and she came here. And after that her name was nominated for the president of India. Even before Abdul Kalam ji became the president, he was connected with the organization. When he was a scientist, he had come three times and really liked their philosophy. And when he left from here, his nomination of the president's position was announced. Maybe the spiritual sect played a role, but according to the journalist Sandeep Mishra, it was mostly Murmu herself who should get credit. After all, just a year after her husband's death, she was nominated to become the first woman governor of the state of Jharkhand. That's the region where tribals make up more than 26% of the population. There have been MLAs, MPs and ministers from the community, but uh, no one can match the achievements of Draupadi Murmu, who was governor of Jharkhand from uh, 2015 uh, to 2021. Uh, She, in fact, uh, was the first woman governor of Jharkhand and the first governor who could complete her full tenure of five years. In fact, she served as governor of Jharkhand for six years. Girish Chandra Murmu, uh, who is also from Mayurbanj, was the first uh, lieutenant governor of Jammu and Kashmir and is currently serving as the controller and auditor general of India. Uh, apart from being a tribal uh, woman, uh, Draupadi Murmu's uh, meteoric rise can be attributed to her uh, self-effacing nature, clean and controversy-free image. As an MLA and a minister, she did not stir any controversy or attempt to grab eyeballs and uh, function uh, mostly without much fanfare. After she lost the elections in 2009, uh, she served the party and uh, 
uh, has gradually um, uh, gained a reputation of uh, being a silent worker, uh, somebody who's wedded to the uh, BJP's ideology and uh, uh, which is why uh, possibly uh, she was made the governor of Jharkhand in 2015. And so the former governor who was also a favourite contender for being president even in 2017, finally got her chance in 2022. All right, the big breaking story at this hour, the NDA just announcing its presidential candidate, Draupadi Murmu, the former governor of Jharkhand, also uh, a woman tribal leader uh, from the BJP. She has been announced as the choice for president by the NDA, which clearly has the numbers uh, to get her to Raisina Hill. So potent was the image and idea of Draupadi Murmu as president, it split voting blocks in the lead-up to the election. Jharkhand Chief Minister Heman Soren abandoned his ally, the Congress, to support her. TDP leader Chandrababu Naidu took the very rare position of being on the same side as his nemesis Jagan Reddy to support her. And so did Uddhav Thakre's Shiv Sena and the Shiromani Akalis, all former BJP allies agreeing to support the first tribal woman president. Draupadi Murmu in many ways uh, represents the common person in India who battle their humble background and personal difficulties to triumph against all odds. Uh, she symbolizes empowerment of an ordinary citizen, a tribal woman from a remote area uh, who is on her way to occupying the highest uh, constitutional office of the country. After Narendra Modi's Chaiwala to Pradhan Mantri narrative, Draupadi Murmu's counsellor to Rashtrapati could be the tale that the BJP and its allies would love to tell the entire country in the next general elections, as well as in the elections to legislatures in Chhattisgarh, Madhya Pradesh, Jharkhand, Odisha and other states which have a sizable tribal vote bank. In fact, sociologist Nandini Sundar points out the apparent hypocrisy of the BJP in picking Draupadi Murmu, but protesting against Adivasi representations in art like Mahashweta Devi's short story Draupadi, where a Santhal woman raped and wounded by the security forces. She writes that the choice of Murmu as presidential candidate must be seen in light of the BJP's outreach to Adivasis in order to strengthen the Hindu fold and win elections. The BJP clearly had electoral calculations in mind, such as the approaching elections in Odisha and Chhattisgarh and the Adivasi vote more broadly in 2024. But at least the BJP recognises the importance of an Adivasi constituency. The first tribal presidential candidate, Sundar adds, was also nominated by the NDA. When John Biden won the US presidential elections in 2020, one thing that American commentators pointed out was that Biden had experienced grave personal tragedy. His firstborn daughter, Naomi Christina Biden, died in 1972 in the same car accident as her mother. And his firstborn son, Joseph Bo Biden, died in 2015 after a fight with brain cancer. This pain and going through it in the public eye, said commentators, gave the citizens a feeling that their president, like many of them, had experienced the worst kind of tragedy that life could throw at them. And in such troubled times, 
knowing that there was a person in the highest office who could empathize with them was a balm for many in some ways we could say the same for draupadi murmu rashtrapati bhavan has 340 rooms spread over the most majestic location in the capital but knowing a 64 year old overcame such odds to find herself in this power position to be a commander of india's mighty armed forces and to approve all our laws has to evoke hope the rest is the history that madam president will write pe bharat ki janta ki seva aur main bharat ki janta ki seva aur kalyan mein nirat rahungi aur kalyan mein nirat rahungi You've been listening to First Voice Last Word. I'm Sunitra Chaudhary and this episode was produced by Deepthi Ahuja and edited by Sanju Abraham. Editorial inputs were by Isha Sahai Bhatnagar and Sneheshish Roy. Do write in to tell me what you liked about this episode or even if you didn't like it and you can contact us on @sunitraC to stay updated on this podcast follow us on @htsmartcast on all social media profiles you can also listen to more such podcasts don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening we'll be back again next week with another secret story of political lives till then goodbye This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.